Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 243, Turning Red, for town for life. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into to today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. Chelsea, I have a question for you. All right. Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or 98 Degrees or O-Town? <laughs> <laughs> oh, NSYNC was probably the closest one I had to that. But I, I, I just, can we just take a, like a two second break? And talk about our favorite boy bands. Absolutely. Of That's the time. why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> because I was thinking about, okay, what were the like best boy bands through the eras? And you can't, if you're going back to like the beginning, you had Jackson 5. Right. And then we also have the Osmonds. I mean, they were a thing. Mm-hmm. And then New Kids on the Block. Oh. It wasn't particularly my thing, but a little bit before our era, but still a little bit. We can acknowledge it. Yes. And, and yes, recognize the greatness. Uh huh. One Direction is, you know, they hit it big for a while. They had their moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, Boys to Men. Yes. I remember that. <laughs> <gasps> oh, good times. I've worked for a couple different award shows and I worked for the AMAs this last year. And I just remember I was outside waiting for different people to come in and all of a sudden BTS walk in and I was just like, oh, that's BTS. And what's funny is you had like so many of these millennial girls. That were just like, oh my gosh, it's BTS. Millennial <laughs> girls? Like, or Zealand yes, or the like, Zoomer girls? The Zoomers, but also the millennials. Oh, wow. I had like a couple that were like, well, they were like in between, you mm-hmm, know, right mm-hmm, on the cusp mm-hmm. of both of them. Because these are like staff people and they're, even the staff are like freaking out that BTS is walking in. And the moment they walk in, they have this like cheering section mm-hmm. for people that you're supposed to cheer whenever these celebrities come in. And for all the other celebrities, it was like a woo, you know, like, yeah. like we're being paid to be here kind of a cheer. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had BTS walk in and it was like everything exploded. I was like, I've missed something. Yes. I, I am completely out of this. I have no idea what's happening. I called my niece who was 15 and I was like, girl, please, you need to like put together a PowerPoint for me. Tell me why they're so popular because I've completely missed out. I <laughs> This is what it is. It happens. We, you've unfortunately <laughs> moved on <laughs> to Aww. the other realm. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about, let's go back. Let's go back to adolescence, to junior high. Everyone's favorite time, always. Uh-huh. So obviously they need to make a movie about it. We are going to be discussing. <laughs> I hated junior high so much. <laughs> we're going to discuss Pixar's Turning Red. Never 
All right, the studio, Pixar Animation Studios. The director was Domi Shi. The release date was March 11th, 2022. The budget, supposedly $175 million. And the box office, there never will be one. Wah, wah, because it went direct to Disney+. Plus. So I know we've talked about this a little bit, but man, huge, huge missed opportunity, I feel, by not releasing this in theaters. So just the week prior to this, The Batman became the second pandemic era film to gross over $100 million. Obviously, we know that the Spider-Man No Way Home was, was the one, but really, it's just done phenomenal. It's just crossed the $300 million mark at this point. And people are back in theaters. And it's just so funny because it's not funny. It's just sad. The, the whole like, do we do this? Do we not? Theaters, not theaters. Um, you know, we saw during Christmas time how amazing Spider-Man did, which was a Disney film and just blew everything out of the water. And then just a few weeks later, they announced, you know, and, and things kind of got were, were peaking with Omicron um, as they did the year prior. But they, they went down um, a month or two later, you know, but. Ah, and so for some reason, I don't know, but they decided, you know what, we're pulling this. It's going to be an exclusive to Disney Plus. And just seeing now, you know, the Batman just the week prior, that's just doing so amazing. People are like chomping at the bit for good movies to go to. They want to go to the theaters. Obviously, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people do want to get back to normal. And this just would have been an opportunity for Disney to have a Pixar film actually in theaters. It's I, again, it's yeah. just such a disservice to the Pixar brand that their films are just like basically Disney plus films at this point. Not, not that there's anything wrong with Disney plus, but it just has a different feel in my mind. And it's sad. Yeah, it's true. It's true. What are your first <laughs> thoughts about this film? Um, well, I'll tell you the, ex I'll quote you my exact thoughts as the whole thing ended. What the crap did I just watch? Oh man. <laughs> oh no. Well, okay. So mine, I, there were per, there was a previous point in time where I was on top of everything. I'd watch every single trailer, look at every single poster. I knew a movie basically before it even came out. Um, but recently I've kind of pulled back and I, sometimes I won't even see maybe a full trailer before I see a film. And so this one, my first experience with see, being acquainted with this film was seeing a trailer as I was waiting in line to buy goofy golfing tickets. Um, there was a, a TV play. It was at a movie theater slash goofy golf slash bowling, you know, multiplex. And there was a TV that showed the trailer for turning red, but the sound was off. And so I was just sitting in this long line and I was watching it with no sound. And, oh, wow, this is, you know, what is this? And I was watching it. And I was like, oh, it's Pixar. Okay. And then just even watching it with no sound, I was like, I'm not digging whatever that is. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but I, I, that was my first impressions. And so... Then I go into the film and obviously watch it, and I'm not really sure my thoughts. <laughs> we'll get there at the end, but we'll we'll discuss. There's a lot of really good things about this movie, and there's a lot of things that just don't work with the movie for me. I feel like it just had, like, I am so confused. Mm -hmm. So, so, so confused on what they're actually trying to say with this. Um, because, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, uh, the Red Turtle, when I went and saw that in theaters, like the movie called The Red Turtle has no talking. And so it's a foreign film and it was nominated for Best Picture for Animated, but it was it was super artsy mm -hmm. and I can get behind an artsy film. Great. OK, let's jump in on this. But I just remember I walked outside and our press it was at the press screening and our, our press like affiliate. She like looks at me and she's like, so what do you think? And I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what's what just happened here. And I kind of feel like that's the same thing with this, because I felt like it had some things that it was trying to say, but then it didn't make sense at all. Like, what? Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about the red elephant in the room. Excuse me, the red panda in the room, which is, <laughs> you know, they... It's kind of a coming of age story for this girl named May Lin. May, 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 they call her May. You know, she has lots of different names and she's just awkward, quirky, eccentric 13 year old, which 13, what 13 year old is not, to be honest. But, you know, there's always the extra ones and she's, she's right. in that camp. And like we said, it's set in junior high. No one's favorite time ever. 
Trust me. Right. If you love junior high, please like send us a voicemail and talk about it because I have yet to find anyone who said out of all three like grade school, you know, groups that that was their favorite. It's just not. It it just it can't nope. be. It's such an awkward time. There's all this these changes that are happening. You're not a girl, not yet a woman sort of phase. And <laughs> and yeah, so it's set in that. And and that's kind of the point is that it's this this really awkward phase of life. Everyone is super awkward. And then we bring in periods, changing, the blooming, the blossom, whatever. You know, they have all these analogies that they use in it. Right. <laughs> um and the, but they try to like use the panda as a metaphor of like having your period and coming of age, but then they just drop the period storyline entirely, which right that's a big deal for a girl the first time for sure. Um, you know because just do we really want to watch a movie where they're talking about that? No, I went right. back and I rewatched the trailer and I was like, did they really was that clear that that's kind of the main impetus? You know one of the, one of the things. And it's not, it's not talked about at all. It's just, she turned no, into a yeah. panda, you know? So like, why would you lead in your marketing efforts? Like, mainly, I'm just like every girl, just like you did it in her intro monologue. And then like, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I just had my period. It's like, whoa, all the parents and all the families <laughs> and all the boys in the audience are like, yeah, not seeing that one. Peace out. Um, so yeah, smartly, they chose not to focus on that, but they really just dropped that storyline. And so it's like, okay, so if the panda turning into a panda, you know, so let me, you know, obviously, if you haven't seen the film, I'm spoiling it for you. They have this family quirk where the women at a certain age, you know, usually around the time you uh, get your period, you turn into a red panda because 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 that's the grandma had a had an affinity for red pandas. And this was kind of hidden from, you know, May, May until, until it happens. Um, you know, so it's kind of just like coming of age, becoming a woman metaphor. Um, but then they just drop the actual part of that and which is the period part. Which is fine, right. to be honest. I don't want to talk about it <laughs> right. the whole time. <laughs> and, and then they just focus on that. And so the the red panda. That was the other part. I was like, why would you? Why would you spend four years making a movie like this? Like that would just. I would not want to go to work. I would love like, to be the person. Like, okay, your job today is you need to design stylized pads. Okay. Oh no. Make them really cute. <laughs> make them really puffy. And you know, because we're going to show them in the movie. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone gosh. had to do it someone had to do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's kind of like the impetus but then they just kind of drop all that and then it's just this panda for like a part of me that's a part of me and i don't want it to be a part of me and then at the end no i actually love this and i, I want it to be a part of me even though you know previously people had let that go which again if that's to be a metaphor for having a period which clearly it's not because it doesn't make sense you it right. would always be with you until you hit menopause. So then like the grandma and everyone wouldn't. Hit right. it. So anyway, I don't want to go too much into this. Like as if I'm not turned this off. This is not biology class. Yes. As if I'm <laughs> turned off about a movie about this, I'm sure a podcast talking about this is even less appealing. <laughs> so, right. But again, the analogy just doesn't quite work for me. So I'm like, okay, but they're trying to make it something bigger something, you know, which we see at the end. Yeah. I, I still, I'm really confused by that whole ending part just because it doesn't make sense. Whatever you're trying to say. So yeah, here's the, here's the quote it says we've all got an inner beast. We've all got a messy, loud, weird part of ourselves hidden away. And a lot of us never let it out, but I did. How about you? And as a parent, I don't like that message to be honest, because <laughs> right. I understand that there's like quirkiness and, and parts of yourself that, you know, people don't really let their, their true selves out. But at the same time, it's almost like goading the children to do it, like do it, like the Sith Lord <laughs> to Anakin Skywalker, do it. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. What, where, what are we taking away from this? You know, and you know, there's that we one encouraging part... teenage angst. That's what we're doing. Yeah, which I guess that's that's a part of the man. Maybe I am turning to like the the, the grandpa on the lawn, like yelling and. <laughs> but... I I always have been that person though. <laughs> There's moments where I'll get really mad about something right now and I'll just like think, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm more of a teenager now than I ever was when I was a teenager. Yeah. Just because like random things come up and I'm like, ah, I'm so stressed out by stuff and I abhor it. I'm like, uh, you make such bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Stop. Mm -hmm. But I like there was this one point where the dad comes in and he's just like, don't push the bad stuff away. Make room for it. Like, what? What kind of a blessed is that? Like, 
I don't understand it. Right. There was like moral ambiguity here because they weren't clear on like what was good and what was bad. And as yeah. a parent, like that's the reason why a children and teenagers are not, you know, really of the age of consent until they're 18, because just the way that their minds work, they're not really capable of making those rational lifetime decisions, no matter what it may be, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, using drugs, having sex, doing all, whatever. There's a reason why you have parents there to help and, and parental figures and adults that help lead and guide you and help keep you on a path that's going to prevent you from straying and just kind of saying like, hey, you know, the bad part of you, it's it's a part of you. It's good. Um, we all have like good and bad a part of us, but I really do believe that there there are parts of yourself that need to be suppressed, like the angry part, the the mad part, the destructive part, you know, th- for, as an example, you know, that that is does not create a better soul, a better person in the long run. Yeah. And, you know, she has this quote, you know, she basically like is defeating her mom through twerking, which I was like, this is the ultimate oh, low gosh. for Pixar. Like, yeah, this is horrible. It was so bad. And she's like, I like boys. Yeah. I like loud music. I like gyrating. I'm 13. Deal with it. And I'm like, no, I, yes, yeah. you can like boys. You can like loud music. You, we can like dancing, but there's like a certain point where it's not okay, especially like age appropriate. And I think that's kind of where I'm having an issue with this. Like I would never take my kids to see this. Like this doesn't feel like an age appropriate film for them. One, because the message is so unclear on what it's trying to say. They don't actually come out and say what they want to say. Right. Right. And so they're just like leaving this like big blanket statement. And it really turned like, like us as adults watching it. We're like, what, were you trying to say I, I can see a sliver of what you were trying to go for but because you were so veiled in this metaphor and you didn't want to just like go for it here i am kind of really confused at the end and not loving what i saw yes and also there is a little bit of a because uh, she starts out like oh we obey our family we love our family and it's very and like traditional it. sense and she's all for it especially tradition like very traditional chinese where right. the patriarchal relationship with honoring the ancestors, honoring the parents. I mean, definitely that is right. in American culture as well and Canadian culture since this was set in Canada. Um, but that's very heavy in Chinese culture. Right. right? And so she's yeah. all in on that, which that's why she's the perfect daughter, you know, and, she, and she's kind of, she, you know, to foil from like Mulan, a similar thing, like Mulan is trying to do what she do. But at the very beginning, we see Mulan struggles with that. That's not part of Mulan, but Maymay at the very beginning, like she's all for it and she loves it until this big event happens. So that's kind of the differences between, you know, those two. But once this big event happens, she's going down a different path. Yeah. And I just, I feel like the reason why traditions last is because they work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I understand completely the, the desire to want to change, especially and, and teenage angst. And wanting yeah, to, no, to explore there, and like, to become like your own person. Yeah. You can 100%. do that within the bounds of not going completely off the rails and turn it into a panda. <laughs> I mean, but that was the family way. <laughs> but it's like, that's the thing is like tur- turning into a panda was, is not like, I don't know, like the th- looking at the mother. Okay. So the mother was super destructive and super like large and angry and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's like if she's looking at herself as that then for sure you want to like change that and bridle the beast but how may may was it was just like she's so fluffy you know it's like (laughs) totally (laughs) totally got despicable me vibes i'm like they have to have known that's one of the most popular quotes from that it was almost word for word like it's so fluffy and instead they just changed it to she's so fluffy like (laughs) i I hope it was intentional because that's just a great quote why not uh (laughs) right but i mean that it's not being consistent in this is what the panda means yes because the panda is the destructive bad side like it is a bad thing in a way there's the good parts of it but there but, but the reason it comes to being is because of this it's the uncontrollable It's the uncontrolled anger. It's the uncontrolled emotion, which that didn't even make sense. I'm like, since when was uncontrolled excitement a bad thing? Like, Yeah. So basically anyone who suppresses the beast, like the mom and the grandma, you're saying that they have to be totally even keeled for the rest of their life. Like not, which, hey, no one likes a roller coaster personality, but just, right. you know, they, they can't show the extremes of the emotion. And is that a good thing? Is that not a good thing? I, I guess you could say either way depends on what well, you do with like it. the kitten test. Like 
Oh, oh they're so kid. Like, what? It, it once again, it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Is it just uncontrolled, unbridled emotion? Okay, but then thinking about the friends that love her and, like, calm down. And so she also lies and says that it's her parents and family members that make her calm mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. when it's actually her friends. And then she's like turns on her friends to go with her family. And it's just like it gives another view of like, I really should get rid of my family and just stick with my friends. And which I'm like, girlfriend, very rare do friendships last super long. <laughs> Chelsea, <laughs> school of hard hard knocks. <laughs> I'm just saying. Your friends like, will abandon you. <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking around and I, I see like you and I, we have a great relationship and I have other great relationships, but when it comes to it, like my family are the ones that I really turn to for the really <laughs> hard <laughs> things that I have to have that familiar support because there's just so much connections and so many similar feelings. Now, granted, I understand that not everybody has that kind of support in their family, but she did, but she did, she did have that. And even if you don't, I I also feel like there is power in being able to look and to go toward your family no matter what. Because like even later on when it, when they meet in the like panda realm <laughs> and she sees her mom as a young girl and she's able to like talk to her and she's the one like consoling her. Like I honestly believe and this is part of my like my I don't know weird like belief system, I guess, but it's like, there's, I honestly believe that there is a generational connection that can only be like cured. Like some of our ails in our own life and our own history can only be cured by going back and looking at other generations and accepting and, and trusting them and what they did. And then Mm -hmm. also looking at some things that they did. Like, for example, weird thing, side note, I have a great, great, great grandmother who she lived a very hard life and I, I have some histories of her and she and I have like the same dietary issue mm-hmm. and it like skipped like six generations, but I have that and it's with her and I'm like, somebody else in my line has, it. okay, it's generational. I could hate you for this, but actually she didn't choose it either. So it's like, mm-hmm. I can look at that and see, they said like most people didn't know that she had any issues, but she just kind of like changed how she did it and tried to make it the best out of it and everything. So it was just like, okay, I can see how you might've like taken those uh, trials and did it your way. Okay. How can I, what are the good things that came from that? How can I maybe apply that to mine? Do I need that? Or is there a better way? Like, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. so there's generational connections that we can always make. So even if you do have a difficult relationship with your family, like we, I see this a lot in like people who are adopted whether or not they had a good relationship or any, they still crave knowing they crave knowing that little bit of their history, even if it is just to put puzzle pieces together. So I, I don't like this metaphor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just think the metaphor is super inconsistent and also not, not applicable. Yeah. So we'll come back to that. But one thing that I really did like about the film was the era that it was setting. I really, Uh, as a millennial girl, I really appreciated the Y2K setting. I thought that was perfect. Yeah. It just, it definitely hit home. The butterfly clips, the boy bands, the wireless phones, the flip phones, Uh, just everything about it was, was pretty perfect. I agree. (laughs) And obviously that was, that was very intentional to, you know, the parents in the, in the audience who it's kind of a throwback to directly when the time when we were in this phase in our life, you know? Right. Um, so it's even more rel- relatable because we, all of the, like the Tamagotchis and all of that stuff. Although <laughs> it, supposedly this was set in 2002 by 2002 right. Tamagotchis were long gone. Okay. But this they, is true. they just kind of want to put it into a little era. Like Tamagotchis were like 98, 99 and poof. With the yeah. Furby, sayonara. We didn't see them again, but it's okay. Let's just bring them all back. I the love that they had, the, they had the CD with the, the 99 tour. They must have gotten off Napster or something and ripped the CD right. of the, the audio. It was just really great. So I really, really liked that. Um, and her friends were really cool. I actually really liked the beginning the introduction. Yeah. Uh, I normally am not a fan of the, hey, it's me. I'm May May and I'm a super cool girl who does, you know, and they have to like explain it to us instead of show it to us. You know, people, which 
it was a, a time period thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so that was something that happened. Like a lot of these, hey guys, I'm this, you know, mm-hmm. that happened a lot in our era. Yeah. And so we introduced to her friends and I really like the way it, it's very stylized. You know, they really push the boundaries of what we expect in a Pixar film here. You know, this mm-hmm. is, would not have, if you would have just, I watched this without even knowing, I'd said, guess the studio. No way would I have said Pixar. Yeah, no. I would have said Sony Pictures for sure. Sony, yeah. Sony, like this is totally Sony, you know? And just with a little bit of Ardman, like the way that their mouths like curved up when they talk just give, uh-huh. totally uh-huh. gave me uh, Wallace and Gromit vibes. <laughs> <laughs> so very stylized, even, you know, very, very Asian in a way, you know, Japanese, Chinese with the, the hard eyes whenever they see right. something cool. You know, when they said their names, like their name appeared on the background, you know, I feel like this people are getting a lot more creative um, in the way that we depict these characters and, and stories and whatnot. Man, there were just some things that were so over the top. The boy bands, when they went to the concert uh, and the, like, I have been to an NSYNC concert in. Can I, you just like retell that yes, one? That was so Yes. Was so <laughs> I, my very first concert ever, just like May May, it was NSYNC Pop Odyssey Tour. Believe it was around 2000, summer 2001. So like, this is like right in the sweet spot of all of this. And this is when the right. boy bands knew that they were the big hot thing. I was an NSYNC girl through, through and through. I appreciated the Backstreet Boys. They had their CDs, but for me, it was all NSYNC. So we went to, there was like a record store in town where you had to go early wait in line to buy the tickets to the concert. You know, this uh-huh. is so crazy that you couldn't just go online and buy tickets. You could like call on your phone or you could go to like a designated outlet and wait in line. Yeah. And we got there early. We waited in line. We got our tickets. And so we got two tickets for me and my friend Alex and two more for our moms who went and these were <laughs> floor seats <laughs> and they sat the whole time. They put their little earplugs in, <laughs> which I totally vibe with right now. Like if I, I were to totally go to a concert, what, even if it was a concert I was totally into, like we bring earplugs because we're smart. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they had their earplugs and they sat down and this was the instinct tour where it was just like, it was at the, the ballpark and they have never yes. done a tour or a stadium, you know, concert at all at bank one ballpark ever since, because it totally destroyed the grass. <laughs> So the yeah. next day at the baseball game, like there were, they were slipping, there were big muddy patches. It, they do artificial turf now, which wah, that's a total loser. Everyone, I hate it for professional sports. Um, so maybe they would do it again because that's not going to get us trash. But uh, yeah, it, 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 they were, there were trampolines. They were jumping on these giant trampolines for one of the songs, people flying nice. in the sky like this. They got it. And then they opened up With, the ceiling too. Yes. <laughs> the, yes. It, the, uh, it has a retractable ceiling. So yes, four town concert with the wings and the angel and flying in the sky. <laughs> it, absolutely on point. Very reminiscent. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh, I, I forgot to bring up the Jonas brothers. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Boy bands, man. I think that that is like the commonality through all of the generations. <laughs> <laughs> that is what brings us all together. We all had our boy brand, our boy brand era. So funny. So what did you think about the whole, the mother daughter relationship? Yeah. So that's one thing I was going to say is the mom is a total embarrassment. Like she yes. comes to school, she's hiding behind a tree and yells, you forgot your pads. <laughs> who, who does that? What woman does that? Every woman knows that in junior high, it is super embarrassing. Oh, yeah. You, if you had a pad, you would carefully, quietly open it up in the stall, even though there were other girls all around you because you didn't want <laughs> other girls to know you were on your period. Okay. So like, this is, you just don't talk about it during this period. Cause some people had it. Some people don't, it's just a thing. And yeah, the fact that she does this, I get it. It's supposed to, she's supposed to be over the top. She's supposed to be obnoxious. We clearly see it with her panda persona that uh-huh. she has a problem with this. Um, you know, but she's very much the mom that has like no secular things at all. You cannot have the boy band. You cannot have the, basically even the friends. She doesn't like the, right. the boy situation is really embarrassing when she's drawing the pictures in her little notebook, which can we just say epitome of seventh grade art girl. <laughs> like I'm starting to get a little creative with the way that I draw people. I'm drawing shading. 
shadows, mm-hmm. muscles. Yes. Oh, tell me Wrinkles more. on my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, and, and like, am I going to go in a more traditional style of art, or am I Pleats. am I going to be the anime girl and do the anime eyes? Oh, I right. had a exactly. anime eyes phase for sure. And, you did, I remember that. <laughs> and then, um, her, so the mom sees it, and then she just throws this huge fit. It's like you did this to my daughter, and it's not true, and that's embarrassing, and that is a problem. Is this false accusation? I didn't like that whole thing. There was no repercussions for the mom for doing that. Um, or even may may for the lying about it. Like we just don't really see that guy anymore. Um, but false accusations in general are not a fan (laughs) clearly. So I didn't love it and it just didn't get resolved anyway. It had no payoff. It was just, yeah, the mom gets to be horrible and lie. even though she doesn't know she's lying, but she's, you know, saying these falsehoods. May May doesn't stand up to her and tell her, no, like, I just like boys. And so, yeah, but that, that comes at the end. But there, there, a few tweaks here and there could have really helped smooth this out, I think. Yeah. I like the Freds. Okay, so Chelsea and I, yesterday, we were supposed to watch this. Uh, we were going to watch it together. I invited her over to my house. And there was a miscommunication on the dates and the movie wasn't out yet. So I was like, ah, Sorry. So, um, I need, I drove to, I need to 20 minutes, 20 minutes with <laughs> gas prices being what they are. Oh gosh. So, you know, obviously she wasn't going to turn around and leave. So I said, well, you know, we can, I, I need to fold some laundry. You, you, what do you want to watch? And she's like, well, twilight, there's always twilight. <laughs> there's always and twilight. so Chelsea and I are big twihards. And so we turned on twilight and it was a great time. And it was just really funny within the first five minutes, there was the nightfall book that Pri- Priya, the friend was holding. I don't know if you noticed that. But no. she's holding a book and it's it's go back and rewind it. I try to take a screenshot on my phone, but you can't take screenshots of streaming service because they oh. won't let you. <laughs> and so it just it just it's a black screenshot now. So I can send you the black screenshot if you're into it. Um, oh. <laughs> I'll, actually, I'll, I'll turn on my computer and I'll take a screenshot and send it over yeah. to you. But it's it's a girl holding on to a vampire guy clearly like clearly has fangs. And um, <laughs> it's like the final installment nightfall. And then it's from like Roberta Moyer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the, you know, then there's like, it, instead of the love triangle, there were like four people on the cover, but I was like, ah, convenient. We just watched Twilight. Now, Twilight, I don't, uh, that's a different era. That is not Y2K at all. No. That's 10 years later. Yeah. So I, I think they clearly like really wanted to, uh, like, what's a teen angsty book that people like to read? It's like Twilight, ah, uh, close enough, throw it in there. But yeah, I, I had, I a mean, little, at that I had age, a chuckle. At that age, wasn't it more like the boxcar children or like the babysitter? <laughs> okay, like no. For twelve and thirteen year olds, you are you have moved past the boxcar children. I am okay. reading the boxcar I... children to my five year olds. <laughs> okay, but what about okay babysitters club? Was that one? I think I never by twelve and thirteen, children, so. <laughs> you're hitting YA kind of. Yeah, that's true. Like you're, I mean, you, you're definitely Harry Potter, but like anything that's like yeah, YA is just like junior high high school. We'll read it, even though like yeah. Yeah. So anyway, see, it would have, I understand why they put in the, the nightshade one. Nightfall. Uh, get nightfall it. Twilight. Reference. Nightfall. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> stupid. I understand why they did that. I'm not calling you I, stupid. I I'm like, saying it's uh, the pun. The, right. The, <laughs> I'm interested. Um, I feel like they, it would have been a lot more like to the, like on, on point if they would have done some type of Harry Potter type thing, but that also yes. wouldn't have gone into the whole like boy crazy boy crazy yeah they were really leaning in on that all the girls were super boy crazy tie it into the boy band you know i really thought structurally the 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 movie did move pretty well um leaning having everything drive towards this power line concert oh excuse me four town concert <laughs> at the very very end right i thought it was great and a narrative structure that really worked because there was a time crunch you know i love my ticking time bomb and, you know, also the other side is like, we need to do this before, you know, the transformation. Oh, crap. It's the same day as the transformation. So there was a lot of different little plot elements that added tension and drama, um, which I really, really liked. I never felt like, oh, I've seen this before. Yes. Collect the five orbs and then defeat the bad guy at the end. Like bring them back to <laughs> right. the place. So it's just it didn't feel um trite it didn't feel like I'd seen it. it. It did feel fresh. You know, obviously, after the fact, I made the power line connection I was like, you know what? That's great. You know, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I thought it was funny that like they weren't quite the uh, ambitious 
foursome. Oh, yes. Uh, being able to go out and make some money like that. I was like, you know, I can appreciate this. I also appreciate the fact that she like grew up in her family's business, you know, so she was a business type person. Yes. Like, hey, let's make this happen. You know, and she's using this negative to her advantage. Like, hey, yeah. people like this, so I'm going to sell it. It, it, it. That sounds really bad, <laughs> selling oh, it. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, people dress up like princesses and they do birthday parties. She just turns into her pants itself and does birthday parties. It kind of reminded me of Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. where they're like, hey, show up to the party, man. Like, it really felt like that. Yes. It was the... The guy who was the kind of the bully yes. was like, oh, well, come to my thing. You know, <laughs> like, I thought I got such a kick out of when she's like, is this a boy girl party? I'm like, boy girl party. I haven't heard that phrase in such a <laughs> long time. That's not a thing that happens. Like once you become an adult or like late teenager, it's it's just a party. Like you assume boys are going to be there or girls or whatever. Right. But like when you're in this preteen, it's like we don't want them to mix, you know, because of the hormones. So yeah. Oh, it's a boy girl party. You are not going to that. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. We've grown so much. I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the thing is like you, you look at all of this and <laughs> I'm just reading some of your comments up here. Sorry. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea is reading some of my, my notes that I took while I was watching it on our episode doc, which you can get access to. By becoming a patron, rotoscopers.com slash patron, <laughs> you get to look at our entire notes, how we structure the episodes, and all of my hilarious comments as I am watching the movie and <laughs> writing. Some, oh, some do not I, make it into the show. Yeah, we, we sometimes Many. we just like, yeah, we're skipping that. Yep. <laughs> it's more of a guideline. guideline. <laughs> yeah. I just, okay. So, so what so was the, the one you were laughing friend? at? So what was the one you were laughing at? Oh, well, because you, you, you had just mentioned... You just mentioned it of like things at the temple have never been better. So basically you commercialized and sold yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I it just doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, oh, here's the, okay. So I watched being the Ricardos last oh, night yeah. on Amazon yes. and definitely, definitely not for children. Um, very mature type things, but like there was one point in time where they really focused on the fact that Lucille Ball was so intent on making sure that this one scene in the in the episode worked and there was the writing of it. She just was like hounding on it. It was like, she's not good enough. And they're like, well, you know, we buy it. It's like, OK, yeah, the audience will buy it for the split second until they fall to the ground and they realize that you're patronizing them. And you don't think that they're smart enough to understand or to analyze things. And I felt like that was just such a huge thing. And that's kind of what's happening here. I mm-hmm. felt like you don't trust me to get what you're trying to say. And if you don't trust me to get what you're trying to say, like you didn't even go as far as to actually say it or mm-hmm. I don't, it just doesn't make sense. And the fact that it doesn't make sense just makes me have a very bad taste in my mouth for it. Mm-hmm. You felt like you as an audience member were were not respected? It's not necessarily respected in this way. I think it's more of you're not being clear and you're expecting me to just go with it, even though you're not being clear. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I feel like you're not up to my level. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how that translates, but like that's just the feeling I got was an inconsistency mm-hmm. and... Because of that inconsistency, I just like, I can't get behind it. Right. Um, For the music on this, I thought that the music was pretty on point. They had a lot of Y2K throwbacks, um, even in the trailer, which I thought was funny. And I don't know if this was intentional. I feel like it has to have been, but they play It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC, which again, going with the boy (laughs) band theme. This is great. Yes. But you know, the classic Justin Timberlake pronunciation of that word and May is coming upon us, guys. So get ready for the memes. But it's going to be May, and it's just kind of a play off May's name. In That's what I right. saw when I was watching. I was like, oh, that's oh, funny, it, May. It, it's going it. to be May. Um, yeah. And then they watch, <laughs> and then, you know, during the dance party, they play Bootylicious by Destiny's Child. And I'm like, if you listen to the lyrics, I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I know, but here's the problem. I listened to that song when I was this age. So oh, yeah, totally. what I am the hypocrite. Like what who am I to say inappropriate? 
But I was totally listening well, to it, so he, it comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Bootylicious. But she's not promiscuous. Side note, the reason why he says may is like as an A. Um, it's like the love instead of love. Right. It's, it's a pronunciation it, and singing. It just sounds really bad if you go me. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree right there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was a, I got recruited to sing in the choir and it was the, the choir director at church oh, was yeah. a three-time Grammy director. And although I did not want to be there, I did learn quite a bit about, you know, singing and pronunciation and a lot of church songs have love in them. And she's like, uh-huh. it's not love, it's love. Love, like I love, ah. yeah. And, and it's you try like, to put uh, ah in as many words as you love, can. Love, love, <laughs> love, I love you. And it sounds weird right. when you're talking with a normal person, but when you sing it, it sounds great. And now if you actually listen to songs and pay attention, mm-hmm. you're like, uh, I see what they're doing there. You're not <laughs> supposed to, but if you know, you know. So, yep. You do. May. <laughs> May. <laughs> oh, goodness. But they, they, they had like songs that they wrote specifically for this movie, and I thought they were... They were pretty darn perfect for the yeah. <laughs> the songs were, um, you know, Billie Eilish actually um, was one of the, the songwriters and Phineas O'Connell, um, uh-huh. You Know What's Up <laughs> was one of the songs by Four Town, Pandas Unite, Nobody Like You, uh, which that was so uh, like cheesy over the top when they're doing the big seance at the end. And then like the, the friends start tapping and jamming in yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the we, boy we bands did... at the end, like start saying nobody like you, just like the, oh. ma- the major power, like it, that's I... the power force through the room. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Other like, songs what? were, um, one true love and okay. And you know, what's up. So there was basically three different songs. Nobody like you, one true love, and you know, what's up. And anytime there's the letter, you, the word you it's, it's a a you, an actual you, because that's what we did in Y2K for <laughs> some reason, which did. is so perfect that Y2K is literally Y, the number two, and K, because that epitomizes this yeah. era of about five years where we really like to just not type out the word because it was really hard on our little flip phones. <laughs> <laughs> so thank goodness that has gone away and that that our phones will actually correct it for us. Like, here, I'm just going to not make you sound like an idiot. We're just going to type out the word you, Y-O-U. <laughs> So other quotes that I really liked, there's, there's a part where she like comes out at the party and the parents, you know, she kind of really attacks the, the boy, Tyler, and you hear some random parent in the background, she's an animal. And instantly I got <laughs> vibes of Hercules. That boy is a menace. He's too dangerous to be around normal people. You keep that, <laughs> that, that freak away from here. My God, that is how you publicly shame and humiliate a person. (laughs) Yes. That was so much that it's ingrained into my... Here's the other thing. Uh, The ritual thoughts Mm -hmm. on in in general. Yeah, it's it's like we're mystical, fine. We're going to, you know, she needs to turn into a panda somehow. But then is this just fantasy? Are you kind of just putting stereotypes that... Yeah. There's there's this connect. Every Chinese person has this connection to their spirit, but then they can they do this mystical seance and this and that. And it was just like, I don't know. It's it's for the show. Fine, whatever. Like if you're gonna do something that doesn't happen in this real world, fine. Like it just doesn't happen in this real world. But like it was just kind of funky how it happened. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? I can see how you were saying that by putting it in. Okay, are you are you trying to honor their religion uh-huh, uh-huh. because this is a religion? Or are you trying to, you know, characterize it, like uh-huh. cartoonify mm-hmm. it? And so that was kind of weird to me because I personally would like to know what they actually believe mm-hmm. and like how those beliefs work in like a real world, their beliefs. So to cartoonify somebody's real beliefs is just kind of dangerous to do. Yeah. I feel like in Mulan, they just did it a really, really well because it just kind of happens like the people yeah. aren't involved in how Mushu comes alive. It just happens. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then like off they go from there and it, it doesn't patronize the ancestors or the belief. They did it in a way that didn't involve the actual ritual. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like showing rituals and showing things is a dangerous thing to do. They're incredibly sacred to people. Yeah. Even if you're doing it in like the best way and in the best intentions, you're still going to 
by doing it, you end up making it less special to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then also, if you do it wrong, then you're really not doing Mm -hmm. justice Mm -hmm. to them. So I just felt like the ritual wasn't a wise thing to add. Yeah. All right, Chelsea, are there any last thoughts, final thoughts about this film? Final thoughts is I don't think I'll be watching this again. I don't feel like I need to have it in my repertoire of like even going in and like knowing different quotes. I just, I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And all in all, I'm going to give it a two stars. Wow. Yeah. There were elements that I liked visually. I thought it was very, very appealing at first. I wasn't so sure about the art style, but it really, really grew on me. I thought it was pretty charming. It was different for Pixar. You know, it leaned into kind of the kawaii vibe with the hard eyes and really liked it. And May as a main character, she's kind of confusing to me. I like her and at parts, I don't like her. And just the message is really not a good message. I think society right now is really all about exploring and giving into your urges and your passions at a younger and younger and younger level. Mm. But I personally feel that giving into your primal and base basal urges does not make you a strong person in the end. We have restraints for a reason. Like you said, with bridal, you know, bridling passions. And sometimes it makes you better by being able to hone that and use that at appropriate time. And it just kind of gave the message of like, yeah, you know, you're in a, you're a woman now, so you can just do anything that you want. And I just, I think there needs to be limits. And that's why we have teenagers still live with their parents and there's still lots to learn. And I, if you look back and it's like, if I were given free reign as a teenager and we, we've seen people who were like, it doesn't really end up that great for some people. And so I feel like that's not what they were trying to say. I don't think they were mm-hmm. saying just like, go at it, go do drugs, go do this, like be you. Man. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of not a great message. Yes, you can do that. And there are times and places to do those things. I would not recommend doing drugs. I think that's kind of a no brainer. We see that path where it takes you. And I don't think this was be like, Maymay's getting into drugs. <laughs> <laughs> right. But because Ooh, it was she's... so unclear what the metaphor was meaning, yeah. it kind of, you could just blanket over anything. It kind of makes it as a, as a, t- a 12 year old watching this, I might think like, yeah, you're right. Like, I do want to do this. I do want to go to that boy girl party this is the new me right i I liked the word that you said as honing yourself and even though yes the you have these powerful emotions that come out like given to these primal desires is very much looking at the now Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. all a child knows how to do yes in my head like looking back as they're as they're like getting all this money i'm like yeah nobody should go to this concert everyone should just invest that money oh let's build another (laughs) business Like this is just like nowadays, these are the types of things that I'm like, yes, let's do that. And it's just the long-term effect. Mm -hmm. Like, where do you want to be? Yes. And and giving into the now will not help you get to where you want to be. And right now you may not even know what that is. Yeah. A great quote kind of sum this up, I think is by Dave Ramsey. He's a financial guru. I love him. Uncle Dave is the best. And he has a great quote (laughs) that I think about all the time. And it's adults devise a plan and follow it children do what feels good. Yeah. And that can apply in all situations, whether it's spending money, buying things now, just going to the concert, whatever. And and there was nothing wrong with going to the concert. I feel the mom, the mom was so like old school where she just didn't want her kid to have a good time. She should have been like my parents and bought herself a ticket and (laughs) sat there with the earplugs. Come on, best of both worlds. (laughs) You know, so I got to have that really cool experience as a teenager because my mom saw like, this is a phase of life. She's not ready to go to a concert by herself with her friends at 12 years old. Absolutely not. Yeah. There needs to be parental supervision and that's what happened. And it was great. So kind of getting on a tangent, like we're like going back into our review, but I just, at the, there were certain times where I was like, oh yeah, I can dig this. I like certain things. And it mostly was just like the fluff high level things like the nightfall book or some of the, the animation style and this, but when it actually came down to the message of the book and what it was trying to say, it was super muddy. It was confused. It left me confused. I'm still not really sure what they were trying to say, but I kind of have an idea but for that reason, I, I don't love it. And I think I'm just going to give it, man, I hate that I always copy you, it seems. <laughs> but, you know, you say two stars and I'm like, yeah, two stars sounds about right. I, I'll give it, that vibes, two, I'll give right it two, two, two and a half. It, it's two and a half. It was OK. Oh, OK. <laughs> you, you sad that I'm not following you? <laughs> no, it's OK. 
I mean, there aren't very many. Like, like that's uh, that's like one of the lowest you have ever gone, Chelsea. I know. I go lower than you typically. I know, and I think just because I fundamental fundamentally disagree with the storytelling and like the metaphor is not consistent and just everything about that just makes me feel like you don't expect me to follow Mm -hmm. what you're saying and as an audience member i'm like oh our friend rachel wagner we were just on a little podcast that she was doing and she had mentioned that you know that she this was the first pixar film that she had given um a rotten to she's a rotten tomatoes approved critic and she gave it a five out of ten so that if you convert it, I also am a five out of 10. So Rachel and I on the same page, <laughs> Chelsea, a little lower, but I want to know guys, what do you think about turning red? I think this is going to be a little bit controversial. I don't know. So far the three people that I've talked to, including myself, who've watched it are, are kind of thumbs down on it, but I'm interested to see what the greater animation addicts universe community as a whole. So let us know at rotoscopers.com slash two, four, three. You can also Hit us up on Instagram, the post for this. Give us your reviews as well. This will be an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see how parents, how families do. We will never know the box office, but yeah, I want, I'm, I'm interested. Disney's always bold. I I feel like they've never tried to hide their different messages, but who knows? Who knows? The world will never know. You know what that quote's from? Speaking of millennials. (laughs) How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? A one. The Tootsie Roll center of the Tootsie Pop. Oh, yes. A two, a three, a three, three, a three. <laughs> the world will never know. Uh, we'll, we'll end this episode with that great commercial from the 90s. Or it's probably from even <laughs> earlier. They just kept playing it again probably, and again and yeah. again in the 90s. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like the 60s. <laughs> Bring up a ring pop commercial and then that's, that's how you know it. We're <laughs> yeah. right on cue. Yep. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Until next time. We, we are, are the, the Rotoscopers. <laughs> I remembered another boy band. Yeah. The Monkees. Oh. <laughs> oh they don't funny. write their own music. No. <laughs> Remember that Simpsons episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I I really had something I wanted to say. I'm going to think about it. It was about the mom. I'm just trying to say the same thing know, in multiple I know, I know. different <laughs> Keep like, it. ways Keep it. <laughs> in um, order to like bring this back. <laughs> um, take it. It is gone. We must move Aww. on. Okay. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.